0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Oh my. Seventeen years ago, on this, the feast of the baptism of Jesus, on this date, the 8th of January, in this place, With your consent and prayers, I was ordained a deacon by Bishop Mays. Four years prior, on this same feast day, during the proclamation of the gospel you just heard, I first sensed a call to the priesthood. Four years ago on this date, I underwent successful brain surgery supported by your prayers and love. And so it seems a fitting occasion for a final sermon as your associate rector as I prepare to retire and to take leave of this pulpit. My ministry here, however, did not begin with ordination or even with a sense of call to the priesthood or even under the tutelage of any particular priest. It began. It began with the people in the pews. I didn't want to be here. (laughs) For several years, parishioners had invited Elliot and me to worship with them at St. Paul's Episcopal Episcopal Church, and for years we said, no thanks. (laughs) There came a day, however, when I suffered the odd and shocking sense that I wasn't quite fully alive, that there was a spiritual dimension to life that I wasn't living into. My friend Elaine, one of those who had tried to get us into St. Paul's, saw this as the perfect opportunity, which annoyed me. (laughs) This was about spirituality, not religion, I told her. It was about exploring my own relationship with whatever divinity there may be. Besides, I told her, there was no way I was going to give up Sunday mornings. (laughs) So she dragged me to a Wednesday service (laughs) at St. Martin's. Where I slouched like a sullen child in the back pew until the preacher said the most curious thing. He began his homily by saying that the church in the Western Hemisphere has it all wrong, that relationship with God isn't personal, it's communal. Elaine poked her elbow into my ribs, and I sat up straight. Even so, it wasn't the sermon that made the difference. It was the dozen or so people gathered together over lunch in the middle of the week. It was the way they gave themselves to the prayers, to the singing, to one another. It was the way they shared the bread and the wine. Something was going on. Something more than could be seen and heard and tasted. I don't know what day of the week it was that Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized, but I do know the people had come a long way and had given up at least one lunch. Something was going on, something more than the preaching of John the Baptist, something deeper than the river before them. Celtic Christians would call that day on the Jordan River a thin place, a place where the distance between heaven and earth collapses and where for a moment we might sense the nearness of God. Experiencing a thin place is compelling but also utterly disorienting, confusing, It jolts us out of our accustomed ways of seeing and living, out of our expectations. And we never leave a thin place by the way we come. More often than not, we are, like Jesus, driven into a wilderness. That Wednesday at St. Martin's was, for me, a thin place. I could hardly return to my old ways of seeing things, yet neither could I find my way forward. And so Deb, one of the regulars there, took me under her wing, listened without judgment to my tumbled doubts and wonderings, and introduced me to ancient spiritual practices. It was during one of those practices over the next few months that something happened that upended my life. It seemed that God spoke to me directly, longingly, achingly, not in a way I could hear with my ears, but so plainly that I could not deny it. And it turned my world upside down. I was so disoriented. For a couple of days that Elliot quite understandably was worried that I had gone off the deep end. And so for his sake and for mine, I went to see the priest. Now the poor fellow had never met me. And he appeared more than a little nervous as I told him that I'd heard from God. (laughs) After saying that he understood why my husband was worried he concluded, you may have had something of a mystical experience, or you may have had a psychotic break. (laughs) Only time will tell. (laughs) One will bear fruit, and the other will lead to disintegration. His response was true, biblically and theologically astute, and I have kept it in mind ever since. But it didn't help much at the time. And so I returned to Deb, who listened to my story of the in-breaking voice of God. and She did not furrow her brow as the priest had. Instead, she threw her head back and laughed out loud. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Sometimes it happens like that. She then introduced me to the desert spirituality of of our mystic mothers and fathers who were probably all a little crazy and yet bore lasting fruit. With that, I felt the ground stabilize under my feet. I could return home changed to be sure, but functional once again and that was 33 years ago. A lot has happened since then and along the way I've learned a thing or two as I found from those first experiences the journey of faith is not tidy nor linear but messy and often very confusing which has taught me to seek out the companionship and direction of others who have been lost in the wilderness of spiritual growth far longer than I have. People familiar with some of the landmarks and the landmines, people who have developed new sensibilities for finding their way and for meeting God in the most inhospitable circumstances of their lives. And occasionally, I've been that guide for another. As I began to to understand on that first Wednesday at St. Martin's, coming to know God and something of our true selves is a communal practice. Discovering authentic service and ministry Exercising faith, finding love, peace, and joy is something we can only do together. That, in turn, means being vulnerable. Vulnerable to God and to one another. Vulnerability is essential and inevitable on the journey of faith. It's always a bit scary to be vulnerable because we have no idea where it will lead us or what people will think. After all, on that day at the Jordan, didn't John suddenly find himself off balance, challenged, and uncertain when Jesus stepped out of the crowd and asked to be baptized? I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? When you think about it, John could have said, no, this isn't right. But he didn't. And when Jesus stepped into the water that day, I like to think he didn't know exactly what would come next, but only that somehow allowing himself to be submerged under that muddy water was the first next step into the life God desired for him. I can't help but wonder how initially disorienting it may have been to hear God speak so directly to him. Even for these two, John the Baptist and Jesus, there can be no act of faith without vulnerability. You have taught me You have taught me the profound gift of vulnerability by both receiving mine and by sharing yours. We have prayed for one another in the midst of anxiety, fear, loss, hope, and joy. We have shared our doubts and exposed our growing edges. We have aired our grievances in mutual respect. We have challenged one another while remaining connected in Christ. Together, we have taken risks in caring for those outside our doors. As I look back, what I see is, like that day on the Jordan, when all who were there laid themselves open we find that God is with us. God is always with us. But there are some times when God feels nearer than others. For me, St. Paul's is a thin place, a place effulgent with God's presence and love. And again, we never leave thin places by the way we come. So I will take my leave above all else with the deepest gratitude. I am grateful for what I have experienced and learned from the people in the pews over all these years. I am grateful for the way you have made God's presence plain and have called the same from me. I am grateful that that has given me the confidence and the faith to trust that my leaving will open new ways for each of us to continue to become who God has meant for us to be. and i'm grateful to know as well as i know anything in my life that even as i leave i can go nowhere but that you are with me and that i am with you we are bound together by holy and tender ties May God bless the ground between us. Amen.